to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. If a person believes that when you're really saved, you will live it. You will live it all your life. You will live it. Can't know for sure that they are really a Christian until they have lived it and know for sure that when they die, they finally made it. Because if they in their life ever go back on what they started out on this Christian walk, if they fail in the future, they're supposed to believe by their own testimony they never really were saved. So how do they know that tomorrow or the next week or the next year... They won't really mess up. And if they really do mess up, they're supposed to believe, well, I was never really saved in the first place. Because if you're really saved, you're not going to do that. And yet, many of them do just that. So they have reasons to question their salvation. So they don't really know they're going to make it because they believe in the perseverance of the saints. The saints will persevere. I don't believe the saints have to persevere. I believe that I'm saved for 41 years. And that God saves me, and it's his job to keep me saved. I was saved by his power, and I am kept saved by his power. I am not kept saved by my good deeds. Therefore, I know today I have eternal life. And I do not believe in the perseverance of the saints. Because I know that in me dwelleth no good thing in my flesh. I know that I still sin. I still do things that are wrong. I don't have to worry about... What happens if you really mess up? Well, really messing up or telling a lie or having a dirty thought? Still sin. But I don't have to worry about any sin condemning me to hell. Because I can't go there. I'm saved by grace. Now, on the other hand, here's the others who teach that you can lose your salvation. And they believe that if you do something bad enough, long enough that you're eventually you're going to lose your salvation but they don't know how many sins they have to commit and they don't know exactly what point you really lost it so if they don't nearly know when they lost it they don't know when to get it back again and then they don't know for sure if they're going to really hang on until they die to know for sure that they made it you see that's not the bible neither one has assurance but can you be sure of going to heaven yes you can so i'm not an armenian Because, you see, I don't believe you can lose it. I don't believe in the perseverance of the saints. I believe in the perseverance of God. That He saves me and He keeps me safe. So, see, I'm neither one of those. Their eternal security depends upon them living it. And if they don't live it, they didn't have it. 
And I believe that people can trust Christ as Savior and be disobedient to God. And still be God's child. And God will have to chasten them. Eternal security, mean eternally being secure, means that one who has genuinely saved by God's grace, through faith alone, in Christ alone, shall never, in the future, never be in danger of God's condemnation or loss of his salvation, but are kept saved and secure by God's grace and power. So that when I trusted Christ 41 years ago, he saved me, and I'm going to heaven based upon his word, his promise. He is going to keep me saved. I am saved by his power and kept saved by his power. If I didn't have the power to save myself, I don't have the power to keep myself saved. If I can believe that I'm saved by grace without my good works, why can't I believe I can stay saved without my good works? Because grace would still be grace. Number one, I want you to understand these important points. Eternal security does not mean that all who profess to trust Christ actually possess eternal life. You say, what do you mean? That sounds contradictory. Can you profess something and it not be true? Could you stand up here today and profess that you have a million dollars in the bank? Yes, you can. Does that mean you got a million dollars in the bank? Not necessarily. Some of y'all have already professed that when I marry this girl, I'm going to be faithful to her till death do us part. And then not keep the word. You profess something, but you didn't perform it. A person can profess that they know God and not know him. Now, you say, where does it say that? I'm glad you asked. Look in the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, look in verse 21. Notice what he said. And Jesus Christ is the one that's doing the talking. He's the one that said this. So, Jesus Christ is God. This is what God said. I had a person one time tell me, well, I don't think you ought to be the judge. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not the judge. I'm just telling you what the judge said. Can I do that? He's the judge. I can tell you what he said because he wrote it down. He told us to study it. This is what he said. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So is it possible to somebody to profess the name of the Lord? Look what else he says in verse 22. Many shall say to me in that day, many. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out them? And in thy name done many wonderful works? They did it all in his name and did it for him. And yet he says, uh, depart from me, I, I never knew you. And so it doesn't mean that just because they profess something that they really are saved. And so there's people who say, oh, I'm a Christian. That doesn't mean they are. I meet people all the time. I ask them, I say, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Oh, yes. Where are you going to die? I don't know. Then they don't understand it. They don't understand it. Like the other week, I mentioned this statement to you. Are you married? Well, I, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? If Angelo and Kathy get married, and somebody asks, Kathy, are you married? He says, I don't know. If she gets married, you would assume she has a what? A husband. Who in the world wants to get married and not have a husband when you got through? 
Or are you saved? Oh, yes. Do you have eternal life? Well, I don't know. Well, don't you understand getting saved means you got this? And if you didn't get this, you didn't get that. To get saved means you got eternal life. To get saved means you don't go to hell. To get saved means that you're going to heaven. That's what being saved means. It can't mean anything else. Being saved, him saving you means he saved you. From what? From hell. So I can't go there. He says that I'll go to heaven whenever I die. He'll never cast me out. He'll never lose me. So I can rest assured. But a lot of people see they can say something, but it doesn't mean that it's real. It's not true. He said, many shall say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not? Look what we did. And they professing themselves to be believers in God. They follow his principles and his teaching, but they just haven't trusted him. Depending upon him to get them to heaven. Look at the next statement. Number two, eternal security does not mean that all who trust Christ plus their good works are eternally secure. The Bible doesn't say that God saves those who are trusting in their works and in Christ to get them to heaven or really going to heaven. Let me show you an illustration. I've used this before, but uh, just very quickly. The Lord says that you're either saved by grace or you're saved by works. Now, this, without my code, that's grace. This is works. And this is grace. This is work. See how simple that is. If God says that if it's by grace, it can't be by works. Otherwise, grace isn't grace. But if it is by works, it can't be by grace. Otherwise, work isn't work. See how simple that is. It means you either are saved by grace or you're saved by works, but you can't be saved by both. Now, look there in the book of Galatians in chapter 5. The book of Galatians in chapter 5. Many people are trusting in a combination of Christ plus their works. Eternally secure does not refer to those people. Eternal security cannot refer to anybody that professes it but don't possess it. Eternal security cannot refer to anybody who is trusting in Christ and their works to get them to heaven. It doesn't refer to those people. You say, how do you know that? Well, the Bible teaches. Look in Galatians in chapter 5. And you need to uh, write down this in your notes there. Galatians chapter 5, look there in verse 2. Because there's people who think you have to keep the law to be saved. Today, it's the same thing as saying you've got to go to church, you've got to live right, you've got to give money, you've got to join and pay and all these good things. No, 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 that, that's, that's not true. That's works for salvation. That means you're trying to earn it. And if you're not good enough, long enough, then you're not going to have it. Well, that's not the Bible. So he says in verse 2, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if you be circumcised, that means to keep the law, Christ shall profit you how much? Nothing. Christ profits you nothing. Those that are seeking to save themselves by the law or by being circumcised, which was under the law. He says, then Christ profits you nothing. He says, well, I'm trusting Christ, but I'm going to do this also. Well, then you're not trusting him. Trusting him means I'm taking him at his word and depending upon him. But if you try to earn it, see, you're dependent upon yourself. So you're not really trusting Christ. He said, what's the difference? Hell. That's the difference. Heaven or hell. Is it critical? Yes, it is. 
Otherwise, how do you know you're not one of those that simply says, Lord, Lord, I went to church. And I sung in the choir. And I followed your teachings. And I even prayed. And I did all these wonderful things. And God says, I'm sorry, I don't even know who you are. I never knew you. You never were saved. It's got to refer to somebody because he says many are going to say this. So there's many people that are sitting in a lot of churches all over the world that are guilty of this. Yes or no? And how do you know it ain't you? You say, I've heard this all my life. But do you really understand? Are you really dependent upon him to take you to heaven when you die? Here it makes the statement. There in verse 4, he says, Christ is become of, and here's those two words, no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. See, if you're trying to save yourself by the law, by your good deeds, then you have rejected salvation by grace. You want to get salvation by earning it, by your works. And God says, you can't have it. He says, Christ become of no effect unto you. In other words, if it's no effect, no salvation. You can know the right language. You can go to the right church. You can hear the right things. But personally, nobody can do this for you. Only you, only you can trust Christ as Savior for you. And if you never do that, you will not be saved. You will not go to heaven when you die. Now, in Titus 3, 5, we won't take the time to look at it, but it simply makes a statement. He says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. So nobody was ever saved or ever will be saved by their works. So you can't say, I'm trusting Christ, but I'm going to do this other just in case. Well, your just in case just cost you. Then this doesn't count. You either have to depend upon him and him alone as your only hope to get there, or you are not trusting him. You're not totally leaning and relying upon him as your savior. You believe somehow that you have to live a certain way and perform in order to help save you or to help keep you saved or to prove that you're saved and all that stuff. No, you don't get it. You don't get it. Churches are full of people who don't get it. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5, two of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. How many in here can quote Ephesians 2, 8 and 9? Quote it with me. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. It's not of works. And people can't believe that it could be so simple. Or look at number three. Number three in your notes. Eternal security does not mean that knowing for sure that you are saved forever should be a license to sin, but rather grants you liberty to serve Christ. A lot of people think, well, if you believe in that, and they call it that, a that damnable doctrine, then that means you just got a license to go out here and live like the devil and still go to heaven when you die. In other words, they that you don't deserve to go now. If, in other words, if that's just a, a, a teaching that was damn your soul to hell, and you believe that, You're just giving people a license to go out here and sin and then think they're still going to go to heaven whenever they die. Well, if they did, would that be grace? You're saved by what? And people don't believe that you ought to be able to go to heaven and believe something like that. And that's too easy. That's too easy.
too simple. It's got to be complicated. Do I advocate Christians living in sin? Anybody who listens to me knows that's not true. I want you to live as godly as you can every day of your life, all of your life, but not to get to heaven. Because if you're dependent upon that to get you to heaven, as I've said before, you're as lost as a hound dog in the end of a soup bone. You don't get it. I should serve the Lord. I should live right because I'm going to heaven, because I am God's child, but not to be a child of God. I want you to turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 6. I want you to see this verse. Romans and chapter 6. The Bible tells us that God's grace is greater than our sin. Grace that is greater than our sins. Look at verse, first of all in Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So grace is greater than our... Have you ever heard of a song like that? Grace greater than our sin? You see, there are people who believe you can lose your salvation because you've committed some sin. Well, aren't you supposed to believe that God's grace is greater than my sin? So if grace is greater than any of my sins, what sin can condemn me to hell? They, they can't. So the question comes, well then, shall I live in sin that grace may more abound? So we have more grace? Commit more sins? No. Look in chapter 6 and verse 1. What shall we say then? In other words, because what I'm saying is true... Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the next words are, God forbid. No. That's not the will of God. Just because I know I'm God's child and know I have eternal life and know that I can't go to hell in the future, doesn't mean that that's a license, permission from God to live like you please, like it doesn't matter. No. It is permission from God that now I can live. For the Lord. God wants me to voluntarily choose. Because I love him. Because of what he's done for me. That I will serve him. That I will honor him. Not because I have to. But because I want to. Nobody. Nobody. In the last 40 years. Has tried to get me to serve God. They don't try. They don't have to try to get me to serve the Lord. Nobody is constantly every week. Trying to yank you. You know you really need to serve the Lord. You really need to do this, and you need to go to church, and you need to pray, and you need to... Why? Because I do it, because I want to. That's better than doing because I have to. I can't make you serve God. I can't make you right with God. But if you love God, then you'll want to do those things. And you'll love God when you really understand what he did for you. When you know he really paid for my sin, he really did give me eternal life, he really will never cast me out, he'll never lose me, he really did all that for me. Now I serve the Lord because knowing that I have eternal security brings such wonderful peace and joy and happiness that I know I'm going to heaven whenever I die. And because of that, I want to serve the Lord. Therefore, it works that way. It's not a license to sin. The Lord tells us in his word, do not let your liberty become a stumbling block. But to use this as an occasion to serve the Lord, but not an occasion for the flesh, says there in the book of Galatians. 
Is grace greater than our sin, or is sin greater than grace? Grace is greater than our sin. And even though you do things wrong from this point on, God's grace is greater than your sin, and you're saved by grace. And love covers a multitude of sin, but he didn't just cover it. He washed them all away. The next point I want you to see there in verse 4, number 4. Eternal security does not mean that a Christian can live as he pleases and get away without chastisement. You cannot live like you want and expect everything to be okay and you to escape God's chastening. Take your Bible, look in Hebrews chapter 12. This is a very, very important verse that you need to see. Hebrews chapter 12. You need to underline this verse in your Bible. As a child of God, you need to understand that though your heavenly Father loves you, you can't live as you please and get away with it. But you can live as you please. I was reading a book while ago, before church today. A man wrote in there, you cannot live as you please. I thought, yes, you can. You can live to please God, and you can please live not to please God. And still be his child. But you're going to suffer the consequences. If you'll live to please God, God's going to bless you. Reward you when you get to heaven. And you'll have an inner peace and joy knowing that you're obeying your heavenly father. But if you choose not to obey God, yeah, you're still his child. And you'll forfeit many of God's blessings in life that he could have done for you. You're going to forfeit a lot of rewards that you could have had. You could have been used by God, but you weren't. You may be set on the shelf and not used. Not fit for the master's use. And God says that he may do something else. He says many are sick and some are weak and some are dead. It means taken home before their time. So you see, you can't live as you please and get away with it. But God says, be not deceived. He is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And you can sow to the flesh and you can sow to the spirit. It means you can obey God and you don't have to obey God. But if you don't obey God, God says, because you are his child, he will chasten you. Look there in verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now, why would God chasten his children? Because he loves them. And he says, and scourgeth every son, every son whom he receiveth. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior and you won't serve God, you won't obey him, God, your heavenly Father, says he is going to chasten you. I know that if I don't serve the Lord, I already know the consequences. I know he's going to chasten me. And he may not tell me exactly how he's going to do it. But I can rest assured in the fact that he will. He may cut my life short. Or many things happen in my life that would not have happened had I served the Lord. So it's better for a child of God to put God first and serve him because he is your heavenly father. And when you do something wrong, you're still his child, but he is going to chasten you. Look there in the last part of verse 5. Verse 5. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. You see, he taught my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. That means that when you're a child of God, that means you still can do things wrong and you're still his child. Because if you weren't, 
then God wouldn't be chastening you as his child if you were no longer his child because you did something wrong. And that said, oh, that shows you're not his child. No, that means God's children still do a lot of things they shouldn't do. We do a lot of things wrong. But when God has to chasten us, the Bible says, uh, says now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. How many of y'all have ever enjoyed a good whooping? No chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but you're hoping that um, the chastening you give to that little son or daughter will benefit them in their life. And so you inflict a little temporary pain, hoping that it's going to save them from a, a, a lot of hurts down the road. That's what the Lord does. Look there in verse 11. Now, now, present tense, now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. In other words, God says, because you're my child, you can't live as you please and get away with it. I'm your father. I'm going to have to chasten you. And because I chasten you, it means I love you. Otherwise, God would just let you do whatever you want and get away with it. But he doesn't. He will give you personalized attention. Now, he's long-suffering, but he's a good father. Look at the next statement. In the little box, the absolute assurance of eternal salvation is based on the unfailing and sure promises of God. I want you to look there in Romans chapter 4 very quickly. The book of Romans in chapter 4. I refer to these verses quite often. And notice the contrast, as I stated here in the notes. In order to show the contrast between grace and works, Paul in Romans states, Now to him that worketh, is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. In other words, if you had to earn your salvation, then God says that he would be in debt to you, and going to heaven would be your reward. In other words, you live in such a good way that God is in debt to let you go to heaven. And that's the way a lot of people think it is. But that means that you have to work. It means that God's in debt to you, and it means that heaven would be a reward, something you earned, and you had a right to it. God says, that's not the way it's going to be. He says, it's by grace. But to him that worketh not, doesn't work, but simply believes on him, that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for what? God gives you his righteousness without your works. God doesn't want you to try to earn it, work for it. Buy it, pay for it, and heaven is not your reward for you living a good life. You live good enough, and I'll let you go. That's not what it is. People don't understand the Bible. God says you cannot earn eternal life. You cannot work for it. The other verse I want you to see there in chapter 4, look in verse 16. There's three words in verse 16. This is the verse that we read at the beginning of the service. Three words, faith, grace, and sure, I wrote them right down there in your notes. But look in verse 16. Therefore it, being saved, having eternal life, becoming God's child, going to heaven when you die, eternal security. All of it. It is a faith that's yours. That's yours. Your faith. That it might be by grace. That's God's grace. You see, I'm supposed to take my faith, my confidence, and put it into what he did for me. Believing he did that for me. And God says he would save me by grace, unmerited. I don't merit it. I don't work for it. I don't deserve it. He says, to the end, or for this purpose, it might be, what's the word? That it might be sure. 
sure. To all the seed, to everybody that believes. In other words, the only way you can be positive of going to heaven when you die is that it must simply be by faith, not your works. Because if you have to do it by your works, well, you won't know it until you die. And then that means you've got to live a certain way. And then you will never be sure. So God says it's by faith. You trust him and he'll give you eternal life by grace. Grace means you didn't deserve it, but I'll save you by grace. For by grace are you saved that it might be sure, positive. You can know it. Isn't that simple? That's awesome. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.